Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's going on here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. I'm going to start off a little bit different than I normally do. I'm not going to ask you how you're doing, because if you're like me, you don't really feel like shouting right now, and that's okay. doesn't mean that you've lost faith. doesn't mean that you don't trust Jesus anymore. It's just sometimes that when God's plan doesn't line up with what you've been praying about, you just don't feel like celebrating. And God's okay with that. He's a big God. He can take it. He can take it. And so when I got the news about Cindy on Friday, I started thinking about what, what am I gonna say? What am, what am I gonna say here to, to y'all? And the story of John the Baptist came to my mind. You know, the story of, uh, of John the Baptist, he was the one that was, that was preparing the way for Jesus to come. He was kind of Jesus's opening act. He was the one telling everybody that God is sending a savior, a deliverer, someone we can follow, somebody we can trust in. And then one day John sees Jesus and he points him out to everybody. He said, that's the guy I've been talking about. That's the guy that, that is coming to save us. That's the lamb of God. That's the one who's come to take away the sins of the world. This is the one we need to follow. And so everybody is following Jesus. Everybody's following Jesus. And John was so on board until his circumstances changed. Remember, John gets thrown in prison. He gets thrown in prison. And the only way that he's going to get out, he needs Jesus to do something. But Jesus wasn't there. Jesus never showed up. And he starts to doubt. He starts to doubt. Can I trust him anymore? And he has some people visiting him and he tells them, you need to go talk to Jesus and you need to ask him, are you the one or should we expect somebody else? Because see, if you're the one, my whole circumstances should be different. And so they go and they find Jesus and they say, John sent us to ask you, are you the one or should we expect somebody else? And Jesus looks and he says, go back and tell John what you see and what you hear. Let him know that I'm doing everything that he said I would do. Lives are being changed because of what I'm doing. You go back and tell him. And then in Matthew eleven six, he says this. He says, blessed are those who don't fall away on account of me. See, Jesus was telling us that sometimes he doesn't fix the problem. Sometimes he doesn't change the circumstance. Sometimes he doesn't answer the prayer the way that we would like. But don't fall away, continue to trust me. Continue to trust me. And we know it didn't turn out well for John. But he continued to trust. And he died in faith. And we need to keep that faith through everything that we're facing. I think about when Bill would stand here on the platform and he's so transparent to us as a, as a church and he would tell you that there's questions that he has for God, that things that he's gone through, what his family is facing, he's got questions for God of why is this happening? Why isn't God doing something about it? But remember what he says? He stands here and he says, 
that he believes that when he steps from this life into heaven with all these questions, he's gonna go, before he has to ask a single one of them. And that's what we have to hold on to. It's the fact that we can't agree with God's plans all the time, but we can trust them. We can trust them. And that's what this whole church has been about. It's about trusting God through all things. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we're in a series called This Is Us when we're facing this. Because this series is about who we are and why we do what we do and everything that we do and why we do it is because of Bill and Cindy Ramsey. They answered the call that God placed on their heart to start a church for people who previously would have never stepped into church. They answered a call to start a church for unchurched people because they wanted to see life change. They wanted to see lives being renewed. They wanted to start a great commission church. Remember, that's what Jesus, his last words to us after his resurrection, before his ascension. Matthew 28, he was saying that go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, teaching, to follow me. And that's what they've done. Lives have been changed because of that. I was talking to, to Bill last night and I was saying, when I was thinking about Cindy's homecoming, I was thinking about it that when she entered into heaven, that it was like going to a Super Bowl champion parade. I thought it was like a Super Bowl champion parade because Luke 17, five talks about that heaven rejoices more than anything else when a sinner repents, more than anything else. And I think about the lives that have been changed through Bill and Cindy's ministry for over 20 years just in this church. And I think about all the celebrating that was going on in heaven all of these years because of the lives that are being changed, that when she crossed over and she went home, they were giving her a hero's welcome. Look at what you've done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's why we do what we do as a church, because that was what was placed in their heart. We want to see life change. We're all about connecting you to God and to one another so that you will grow in your faith. You will grow and get a greater understanding of who God is and how, what God can do in your life. And so in this series, we've been talking about different elements of how to grow in your faith. Last week, we talked about that it was through relevant teaching. Every time we're on this platform, when we talk to you, it's not about just giving you the word of God, but it's telling you how to apply the word of God to your life. That's what Jesus did. Remember in his most famous sermon, uh, Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five through seven, and he's telling all of us, this is how you live the Christian life. If you wanna get life right, do this. This is what I want you to do. And at the end of his sermon in, in Matthew seven, he says this very thing. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. He didn't say, Everybody who hears these words is a wise man. See, if all you do is just take in the word of God, you become smarter Christians. What he was saying is anybody who's wise is the one who actually does it. And that's why everything that we do here is about trying to get you to live out your faith. 
to live out what's going on. And the reason why we want you to grow in your faith, the reason why we want you to do it is because of this next thing he says. He says, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. You are gonna face storms. You are gonna face difficulties. There's one way to get through it, is to live out your faith to put God's word into practice. That's what we do here at the church. This is us. This is what Bill does every single week, is saying, guys, I want you to get it. I want you to do that. So today, as we continue this series, we wanna talk about another element of how you can grow in your faith, and to do that, uh, I've asked a couple of um, pastors on staff to come out and, and, and help me with this as we're gonna talk about a different element. One, Mary Walls, uh, she's a, our community life pastor. She's part of our executive staff and uh, she oversees all of our adult ministries and also our newest pastor here uh, on staff, Jordan Day. And uh, he's our group's pastor and he oversees Rooted. And we're gonna be talking about why this is so important. So help me welcome these two, come on, give it up. <laughs> So now that you have it here and, and all these people don't have a clue who you are right now, why don't you, why don't you help them out a little bit? Well, I am Mary Walls, who you said, and I've been on staff here for 20 years. The time has really flown by. And um, my husband and I, Derek, have been married for 32 years, and we have two kids, and our son's 27, and he's in Colorado, and he's getting married in October. And our daughter, Caroline, is 25, and she graduated from DBU and came on staff here a couple yes. of years ago, and she... Helps us in the community life group. You guys may have met her if you have kids that you're sponsoring from Uganda. You guys all know Caroline. She emails you and she's in charge of all of our mission trips and does a great job there as well. So we love the Met. Passionate. Got to raise my family here. Couldn't be a better church to raise your family and, and to be connected. So I'm super excited about having Jordan on my team now because he's in a totally different phase of life. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My wife and I have been married for 15 years. We just celebrated our anniversary this week. Um, and in those 15 years, we've had three little girls. Uh, they are 12, 10, and eight. So they're not out of the house yet like yours. There is, we have a house full of hormones and emotions at the day household. So, so you know how to pray for me. Um, I am outnumbered uh, everywhere in the home, but uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, love, love getting to to be their dad um, and Logan to be here at the Met. I've been here, Mary's been here for 20 years. I've been here for about 20 minutes. <laughs> I've been here for a few months. Um, I've been in ministry for a little over 10 years. Uh, most of that was done in children's ministry. Um, I got the opportunity to come on staff here, humbled by that opportunity that you guys welcome me. I get to be on the community life team and get to be uh, a part of all the amazing things that are happening here. And we're, and we're glad that you're here. We're glad you're here. We've been talking about growing our faith. And, and uh, Mary, how, how does our faith grow because of being a part of community? Yeah, and we talk a lot about um, connecting here at the church, if you've been here for very long at all. And we talk about increasing your faith and, and what that looks like. We want to give you tools to do that. We don't want you to just come. We want you to come sit in the service, but we don't want you to sit there. We want to help you connect. So we're going to look at a passage that actually Jesus met with his small group because I believe the biggest life change happens is in a small group environment when you're 
getting to be with other people that are encouraging and challenging you. So that's what Jesus did with his small group, his disciples, right? There was 12 of them. So we're gonna look at Luke 17, one through six, and here's what Jesus said to his disciples. Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. We all know that, right? But woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a milestone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. Mm -hmm. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. They knew that was gonna be a tough thing. And he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. So Jesus was coaching them and telling them hard times were gonna come. And you as a group, this was their life group, their community group. He wanted them to encourage and challenge each other. But he was also telling them, if you are a believer in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you already have the faith. You're just gonna have to learn to tap into that and that's a journey that he was taking them on and a journey we want yeah. to take our people on. Yeah, it's it, talking about, it's not about how much faith, it's talking about actually using your faith. So how do, how do we do that here? How yeah. do we use our faith? Well, we get to be a part of that. We get to be part of, we've, we've got a plan and a process that we've put in place for, for our team. Uh -huh. And it's just moving people down this process from attendee to member to minister. And that's where the life change is happening in that ministerial role. And we're not just members of the church, we're ministers of the gospel and we get to live that out. And we get to live and build into people this healthy spiritual life that, that we're all designed to have. Um, we're designed to take God's word in and let it outweigh the, the world um, and then to live it out and to bring that to the world. Um, and so I think about that as a, a healthy spiritual life is relative to a healthy physical life. You know, we know that we're mind, body, and soul. And so our spiritual life should be a working out just like our body. Mm -hmm. and, in, and we know in our physical life that the calories that we put in need to equal the energy that we put out, right? That's 101 yes. uh, of nutrition, right? It's not lost on me that the skinniest guy on staff is about to go through a, a nutrition <laughs> lesson, but that's the basics, right? Yes. The calories you put in, is what energy you have to put out. If you put more calories in your body than what you're putting out, then you're gonna become sluggish. You're gonna become weighed down. You're gonna be, no. <laughs> but the, but the, the opposite is true also. If you're trying to give out more than what you have and what you've taken in, then you're gonna burn out. You're not gonna be able to sustain and to keep up the pace that you wanna go. And the same is true for our spiritual life. We need to put God's word into us, replenish us and let it fulfill us so that then we can go out. We want that to be that healthy balance that we're living out. And so that's what we on our team are always thinking about and designing is ways to put God's word into our heart so that we can live it out and that God's word will be in our heart and the world when they go into our ear our heart outweighs what our head is trying to tell us that. in those moments. So, so how do we do that? Yeah, so it's really lots of ways that we're gonna encourage you to grow in your faith. The first one is, it's a corporate way. It's what you're in right now. So you win, check, yeah. check, you got the first one. Um, and that's gonna be, our first point is gonna be environment. And that is this big room. It's what we do each and every week here. We meet in a corporate environment to worship together. 
And we're actually quite spoiled, and Rob won't say because he's on the team, but we had like the best worship team we get to come. And it's been so fun having Jordan, who's been here a few months, because us that have been here for a long time, we just take it for granted. We walk in this room and we know exactly how wonderful everything's going to be. So Jordan, talk a little bit about your experience yeah. coming in. The environment's amazing. Um, from the time you drive onto the parking lot until the time you're sitting right here, we're, we're experiencing so many wonderful things. Um, the, the worship team that leads us in worship each week is, is great, better than what's on the radio in a lot of times, um, and, and really leads us into those moments of worship, and that's what it's all about, is you guys do such an amazing job of preparing the gospel and preparing us and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you and to be in this place so that we can get to that place of, of worship. And then we get, every weekend, we're so blessed to, to have the word of God told to us through an amazing pastor uh, that is so transparent and so uh, willing to be used by the Lord to communicate the gospel to each one of us and, and to teach us the plans and the purposes that God has for us. We're, we are spoiled in this place. Um, and so I'm always reminded in, um, that this place is to refuel and refresh us and to energize us and to fire us up for our week. You know, this is you start off with the best and you go strong, right? This is the place where um, we get to set the tone for our week, but, but it shouldn't stop there, right? It shouldn't um, just stay in this room. This room's amazing, but it's the jumping off point for, for so much more in our weeks. And so um, I was thinking about the verse, uh, Hebrews 10, 25 says, do not give up meeting together as many are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. We need to keep encouraging one another. We need that encouragement as we go along because Sundays are great, but sometimes Monday comes, you know, and, and you, you walk into work and you have those meetings and you just never know what's and going to be And we've been seeing a lot of people, you know, unfortunately not taking advantage of the environment because I think the stats right. are showing it's going down. Yeah, the stats are showing that, that People that say that they're regular church attenders are every other to every fourth week, once or twice a month, and, and, and that's staggering because, you know, even if you were here all 52 weeks of the year, that's an hour a week, it's 52 hours, you know, and then when you start thinking every other week that some people are here, it's, you know, down into the 25, 26 hours, and, and so those numbers start ticking off, and you know, vacations happen or, or people get sick and you can't make it or, you know, by some miracle, the Cowboys make the playoffs or the Super Bowl. We may <laughs> miss. It could happen. It could happen. Wins back. <laughs> That's right. So we can always hope. But, but when you look at those numbers, it really is scary, you know, yes. that, that you could get dipping down into like 24 hours, one day out of the entire year that you're in this environment. And so mm -hmm. this environment's great, but being here for 24 hours in one year isn't enough. You mm -hmm. know, you need to keep, keep pushing That's forward. exactly right. I mean, it's kind of scary when you think about that. You know, think about your own attendance that, you know, you could bottle all up and you're actually in church one hour, um, I mean, uh, one day a year. I mean, at that time. And I mean, it's like, how do you keep that going? And I think that's why it's so important to, to be in church, to be a part of that. But it's also important to make sure that when you're not here, because Bill always says this, he says, don't come here to get your worship. Come here continuing your worship. Mm -hmm. That the worship should be happening through the week. So how do we do that to, to make our worship happen mm -hmm. during the week? Yeah, so great you're here, as they were saying. We super uh -huh. are happy about that, but it is not enough. And what I, I wanna switch to on our second one is actually experience, because this is a more personal one. 
So as you are here and we're in a corporate environment, that's gonna grow your faith, but what's gonna grow your faith even more is your personal relationship with the Lord. And we're gonna do that, number one, with your devotional life. And you may say, Mary, what exactly does that mean? Your devotional life is actually when you spend time regularly in God's word. So something happens when you read God's word that doesn't happen any other way. It doesn't happen when you listen, even though we have fabulous pastors teaching, it doesn't even happen then. When you read God's word, scripture tells us it's active and alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. So as you read God's word, the Holy Spirit within you tells you exactly what God wants you to know from that passage for that day. Have you read something before and gone, I've never seen that before. I didn't know that verse said that. And, and I knew that that was the Holy Spirit speaking to you, telling you something that God wanted you to know. And I say all that to say, it's crucial. You have to read God's word on your own, not somebody else reading it to you, not somebody else telling you what it says. You opening up your Bible or your app, I'm okay with either one, um, as long as it's got the Bible on it that you're reading and you're seeing what God's word said. So if you don't know where to start or how to do that, I would tell you, just open the book of John. It's a great one that you can get to know Jesus really quick about his life, what he was here for, and just read a little bit. I remember one time I asked Bill, how much do you think you should read of the Bible a day? I kind of just wanted to know. I wanted him to tell me like word count, something. And he said, you read until God speaks to you. I'm like, oh, so that could be an hour, five hours. I don't know, it's not that long. Could be a verse sometimes, right? So that's what you do. There's great apps. We have the Life app online. Next to our messages, if you go to our website and you click messages on there, right next to it, it'll say Life app by each message. And it's a new Life app each and every week that goes specifically with this message. It'll ask some questions, it'll give you some scripture. Um, to keep you in God's word. There's also, there's an app at the app store called YouVersion, Y-O-U version. Everybody's shaking their heads. You, a lot of y'all have friended me on it and that's why I know exactly what Bible plan you're reading right now. And you can have all kinds of Bible plans that will help you grow in your life. So number one, do that. That's super important. And the next one is your prayer life. And this might be old hat to some of you. It might be new to some of you, but your prayer life is not just praying to God when you're in trouble. That's a great thing. But think how that would be if your girls came up to you. Every, you were like, talk to me. He has teenagers. We're in a different phase. You have young kids. And they came up to you. <laughs> I'm teenagers. Yeah, good. They're, going, that, that, they're just going to talk to you when they want money. That's just how that will go. <laughs> we know. We've all been there. We know how that goes. But with little ones, you know, if they only came up to you when they wanted food or something, you'd be going, no, I wanted to hear about your day. Hey, I mm -hmm. wanted to hear what you thought about that. And that's what... God wants from us. And I learned we have a Bible experience called Rooted. We're going to talk a little bit more about in a minute. But I learned this acronym in Rooted that when I pray, I think about this every single time because sometimes we're just in a rush. And if you said you only have one minute to pray, we're all going to say, well, I need to ask God for what I want. That's the most important thing. But we learned that there's really a way to pray. There's a process. So there's this acronym, P-R-A-Y. And the first one is praise. So when you sit down and you begin to spend time with God, Take a moment, take a breath, and praise him. Praise him for the world that you live in. Praise him for creating all the things that he did for our good. Spend some time thinking about the mighty God because that changes your attitude a little bit of how you're gonna pray when you know, oh, God formed the entire world. He can definitely fix my money situation or my sickness. The next one is repent because scripture also talks about as sinful people, we can't become come to a holy God when there's sin in our life. And we need to come to him asking him to cleanse us and to forgive us from all the unrighteousness in our life. 
So take some time to do that. Pray and ask God, show me some things, hopefully it won't take long, show me some things that I've done in this last day that maybe I sinned against you that wasn't right. Don't just go, God, forgive me for all my sins I did today. Now, I'm getting on to the ask. God wants us to be specific because he already knows and it's not a surprise to him. He wants to be sure that you know and repent means not just confessing, repent means turning away and not doing it again. So if you have to keep coming asking for forgiveness, you're gonna, maybe, maybe not, you're gonna get a little tired of saying, I didn't wanna do this again, so I'm, I'm gonna repent. The next one is ask, the thing that we all want to do. The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. So he wants us to ask. God can do anything and he wants us to come. Um, pouring out our hearts before him, asking him for the things that we need. But here's the kicker. We can't ask demanding with our list of, here's all the things that I want, God, now you make it happen. We ask and then we yield at the end, just like Jesus did. Remember right before he went to the cross and he prayed and he said, but not my will, but yours. So that's what we need to do. We're gonna follow the example of Jesus when we ask and at the end of the day, we're gonna say, but God, I know you know me better than I know myself. You know what's gonna happen in the rest of my life. So mm -hmm. here's what I think I need and I want, but not my will, but yours. Mm -hmm. So when we do that and we spend time in our devotional life, we spend time praying, your faith will increase. Your spiritual life, as Jordan was talking about, hearing that God voice, you're gonna start hearing his voice more than the world's voice. Yeah, love that. You know, the, the yield part is, I think, the hardest thing for all of us, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. we, we, we're all good with the ask, but then that, that weight. And when it talks about yield, it's not just yielding to his ways, but also yielding to his timetable. Yeah. There's sometimes that, that God is waiting on you to be uh, to ready to bless you, and you've got to be willing to do that. And I, I always think about when you were talking about that was the Isaiah 40, uh, 31. It says, those who wait on the Lord, uh, their strength will be renewed, that God's going to see you through this time of waiting. But notice that it says, those who wait on the Lord. Didn't say those who wait for the Lord. See, a lot of times we, we kind of sit back with our arms crossed going, we're not doing anything until God, you do something in my life. And what that's saying is, no, I trust you, so I'm gonna keep serving you through this time. I'm gonna keep doing those things. I'm gonna keep doing all the things that you want. And I think that's so important. And I think that's why we, we do what we do here at the church is because we want you to get involved in what's going on. So how do we do that? That's right, that's it. So the, the last point is engage. Um, and this is where we get to put that faith into action, where we get to, you know, in the environment and in the experiences, we're taking God's word in. This is where we get to take it in and then feed it out and we get to engage with the world. And so we've got a discipleship experience that we do that Mary touched on, it's called Rooted. Um, it, it's 10 weeks where you get to link arms and get together with people in your stage of life uh, where we are gonna walk through the foundations of your faith. We're gonna talk about all kinds of topics that that God wants to get into us. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna talk about faith, we're gonna talk about prayer, we're gonna talk about struggles and where God is in struggles and how God can release us from strongholds in our lives. And this is where we get to take it in, talk to our peers, work through these, wrestle with these uh, faith issues so that then we can turn around and go out and be ministers of the gospel. We can uh, take what we've learned and apply it. We're gonna learn to serve our world. We're gonna learn to serve in the church and, and do those things that Jesus modeled for us we get to live them out. And so Rooted starts next week. Uh, we do it three times a year here at the Met. 
the summer session starts next Sunday night, goes for 10 weeks. Uh, you can register for it online. You can register for it at the booth out in the lobby or on the Church Center app. If you don't already have the Church Center app, it's on the app store, yes. looks Love like that. App. Love the app. It, yeah. It's great. It gets you connected into the life of the church. It's got all the events that we're doing. It's got ways to plug in. Um, great, great app and great resource to have at the mm -hmm. tip of your fingers on, on your phone. So uh, definitely, uh, it, it's a great time to be up here that we get to talk <laughs> about that that starts next weekend. Uh, if you need childcare for that, it's, it's for everybody. Even if you have kids, we'll watch your kids. You just have to let us know by today <laughs> that you're gonna have them here so we can prepare for them. Um, just let us know. Uh, it's for everybody that you can walk through this journey. Uh, we talked about it is a journey. It's a faith journey. And this is just a way for you to take a step along that process. And remember, we, we talked about that, that, that uh, when, when Bill and Cindy started this church, it was for um, people who hadn't previously stepped into a church. And I know there's a lot of you that are thinking, well, you know, you might be in this room and you haven't even started a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, this is a great place for you to be. This is for everybody. We, what we do is we're all about growing your faith. So we're, we're going to meet you where you are in your faith journey and help you grow in that. So this is for all of you. How many of you here um, are part of a, a group, a life group? You're in a life group. Is that? Okay. All of you who didn't raise your hand, this is for you. <laughs> okay. Because all of us that are in a group, we, we get this. We understand what this is all about, don't we? And I think those are the, the keys. And so make sure you sign up for for these things. Really I've had a lot of people asking me the last few days, what can we do for Bill? And I know you are thinking the same thing. What can we do? Can we clean his house? Can we mow his yard? Can mm -hmm. we bring food? And I'll tell you what you can do for Bill and what he would say is for you to keep showing up and keep this church strong. We're glad to come stand in the gap for him. He's coming back. Mm -hmm. um, and we want this church to be just strong and ready to take him back. So you come every single week. Don't come every other week or once a month. You come every week is your commitment to Bill. And you, if you have not done Rooted, that's your next step. You get plugged in to Rooted because at the end of the 10 weeks, that group goes on to be your new family and your new life group, which is how Bill designed this church. He knew there was no way as this church grew that he could minister to the hundreds and thousands of people that would be here. So he created it that we would have groups of people that you become a minister, as we talked about, and then you get to pour out to those people. So we need you. We need you to step up to the plate, to get involved, and to help us lead. So that's your step. When you say, what can we do to help Bill? This is what you can do. Amen, Absolutely. amen to that. We've t taken on that, the whole mindset that, that circles are better than rows. Mm -hmm. What you're in right now is, is rows, and it's great. We want you to be in rows, but see, here in rows, you're shoulder to shoulder. But when you get in a circle, you're eye to eye. And that's when you actually know what somebody's going through. And that's what I love about the groups. I've been in a, a life group for 12 years now. I love my life group. But we pray for each other. We see when people are going through things. We've got some people that are dealing with stuff in our life group right now. And we, we've got our own little page on Facebook that we all pray for each other. We put those things out. You want to be surrounded with people that are going to see what you're going through. As pastors, we rarely hear what you're doing except through your groups. Mm -hmm. We don't know when you're going through something, but we always will hear from your life group leaders that are saying, hey, this is what so-and-so is going through. And that's when we know. This is a large church, and so that's why we want you to be a part of a group, because they're going to pray for you. They're going to see you through all these things. And so make sure that you do sign up for this, and, and it's so important. I know that we've had some people already sign up. Yeah, absolutely. We had a guy last night that it was the first time here. 
And he was so moved by everything, he went right out. He said, I'm getting into this. Mm -hmm. This is what I got to be a part of. So you need to be doing Mm -hmm. the same thing uh, this morning. We want to end our service just a little bit different than normal, um, uh, than than we normally do. But uh, before we do that, Jordan, would you just uh, take us out in prayer and then then I'll come back and we'll say how we're going to end this. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to be in this amazing place of worship and that you... um, are here in this place meeting us where we are. And we pray that for everybody in this room, whatever their uh, spiritual journey looks like, that they would be able to take their next steps of faith. Whether that first step be to surrender their life to you, Lord, or it could possibly mean that they are uh, committing to being here uh, each and every week or, or getting involved in these experiences or whatever it may be, Lord. We pray that just everybody would be moved to uh, move closer to you and to live that happy, spiritually balanced life. Uh, we love you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us so that we can follow up with you this week by visiting metchurch.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.